Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. I have lots of guests today from the road home, which is very exciting. We have Michelle Flynn, who is executive director, Katie Davis, who is development coordinator, and Alicia Gleed, who is communications specialist in the website. Easy to remember, remember it's theroadhome.org. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank yes, you. Thank you. Let's start with you, Michelle. Yes. We've got the big Mediathon event coming up tomorrow and Tuesday, and you've been doing this now for how many years? A couple of decades, for <laughs> okay. sure. Yeah, with just tremendous support from all the radio stations and all of our media partners, really helping people to learn more about homelessness and how to help the road home do this work. And those that don't know what the Mediathon is for the holiday, you get a bunch of radio stations and even KUTV2 News all on site at one of the shelters, and they all broadcast for a couple of days and raise a whole bunch of money is the goal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And there's kind of a friendly competition between the stations, which I love. All of our Bonneville stations will be there, 103.5 The Arrow, FM 100, KSL News Radio, KSL Sports Zone. They'll be competing with each other, but also with other stations in the city to see who can raise the most amount of money. And I think that's really fun, uh, that friendly competition. I love that it's a friendly competition and all the different radio station listeners can get into it and learn more about this work and support a good agency like The Road Home. And so what are the hours and where is it? Katie, maybe you want to take that one. Yeah, so it's at the Midvale Family Resource Center, which is 529 West 9th Avenue down in Midvale, right off the freeway there. Um, It's going to be tomorrow and the 20th on Tuesday. And we're going to start at 7 a.m. And we're going to be there uh, broadcasting live from the Midvale Family Resource Center. And I'm sure people can come by and experience all this stuff in person. Yes. What will they see when they get there, Alicia? Yeah, so it's going to be great. We have a big old tent set up, so all of the DJs will be broadcasting live from inside the tent. We have Santa coming down, which is always exciting. Um, And then we have our amazing volunteers who are going to be there helping collect in-kind donations. So not only do we raise monetary donations at this event, but we also are looking for in-kind donations. So um, during, you know, the winter, we always need things like coats and hats and gloves, anything to help keep people warm, blankets, things like that. But we also need items that will help people kind of throughout the rest of the year. So um, especially when we're down at Midvale, you can kind of think about um, that's our family resource center. So we need things for kids and babies, especially like bottles, sippy cups, um, formula, diapers, and diapers, especially those bigger sizes, five and six, Mm. are a really big need um, always down there. So take a look on our website, theroadhome.org, and we have a needs list. So if you're looking through like your closet, maybe doing a little, you know, winter clean out, take a look because we can use most things gently used or new. So we will take any and all things. And these items really will help us not only through the winter months, but as long as we can take it and it will help um, the families at our Midvale Family Resource Center, as well as the single men and single women we serve at our Men's Resource Center or the Pamela Atkinson Resource Center and the Gail Miller Resource Center, which serves single men and single women. And it's, it seems like the, always like socks and underwear are one of the big ones. Always, yeah. We probably wouldn't want to do gently used socks and underwear. We probably no, want new Definitely socks and want some new. <laughs> yep, definitely want new of those items. But everything else we can use gently used. And basically anything, if you've got a family, anything you're buying for your family as mm-hmm. it gets colder are the same things that are needed at the shelters. Exactly. And it's really good, too. I know during the holiday seasons and 
I don't, I know my inbox has been inundated with, you know, sales and things like that. So if you're out and doing any holiday shopping and you can, you know, grab an extra item and it's always really, we're, we're so grateful for it. And the, and the people that we serve are always so grateful for any item that they can. And it, of course it'd be great if, if folks can come by the actual event, but if they can't, yes. everybody's busy. Yep. Uh, you can donate online very easily if you go to the roadhome.org and then mm-hmm. up pops the holiday mediathon, click on join us and everything you need to know is there. Michelle, maybe you could talk about a little bit about how things have changed over the last couple of years at the Road Home. There has been a lot of change that has happened. There's definitely been a lot of change with our organization. There's been a lot of change as, in the system as a whole, the crisis response system, as we call it, in that we have multiple sites uh, to provide emergency shelter and resources. Uh, in addition to the Midville Family Resource Center, we operate the Gal Miller Resource Center in Salt Lake City and the Pamela Atkinson Resource Center in South Salt Lake, all amazing women <laughs> represented uh, in the names of those uh, two locations. And we continue to really focus our effort on housing. Our programs are housing focused and we provide support services and help with rental assistance to help people move out of homelessness. That reflects really our, our agency's mission, our, the name of our agency, The Road Home. Um, and, and we continue that work despite the incredible housing challenges that mm-hmm. we're facing in our community right now. When people are seeing their rents increase hundreds of dollars per month, it's really hard on folks that are lower income and not making enough money to meet those additional uh, costs in housing. And it makes it harder for people to end their homelessness. So in addition to really ensuring that we're there and developing relationships with landlords, asking anyone who works in that world, who has rental units or is connected in some way, to please reach out if you want to partner with us to help us find uh, inexpensive places for our folks to rent and help end their homelessness is another really great way that people can help. And making change in this area is hard. I mean, change is hard to begin with, but the changes you've made have affected a lot of people. And, and there's there's certainly a political side to it where, of course, everyone says, yes, of course we want to help the homeless. Yeah. But then there's that NIMBY thing. Well, I don't want it in my neighborhood. Yeah. So I, I have watched as you've spread out all these different locations. Yes. It has not been easy because there's pushback for sure. So congratulations on getting it done. <laughs> Thank you. Because that's certainly not an easy thing. Thank you. And and it's you know it's super important for us to be good neighbors. We want to have good communication with the neighbors, the neighborhoods that uh, we're working in. We want to make sure the people that we're serving, our employees, and the neighbors are all living and working in safe environments. So we all have the same goals, um, and we have a lot of support from the cities and the neighbors neighborhoods that uh, we operate out of. But it is challenging and. Um, we want to be as effective as we can in meeting the need and make sure there's enough resource. I will, I will say like having enough shelter is super important, right? Especially right now, that's what people think of when the winter Mm -hmm. is cold and coming upon us. It's something our elected officials are hearing from their constituents. You know, why don't we have enough places for people to go? But we know the real solution is in that deep investment in housing that's affordable for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's a longer term solution that takes a lot of planning and work and can be challenging for our elected officials to focus on with the crisis that's right in front of them. So we encourage everybody to get on board with the affordable housing uh, that's needed in our community. That's a tough one, too, because no matter where I go in the Salt Lake Valley, it seems like there are new apartment complexes being built. So when they say there's a, a pro- you know a shortage of affordable homes, well, how can that be where there's all this building going up? <laughs> But affordable is exactly. the part that's really tough. Yes. And I understand, like, if I'm a developer, I 
I want to get the highest possible rent I can for this building I'm going to build. So how do you how and, do you battle and that? That's what they should. The and landlords and people that own rental properties, they're there. That's their business, and mm-hmm. they they you know they should take advantage of the income that they can get from that. I think that it's really important that we all understand the seats around the table, so to speak. Where does the federal government fit in? Where does the state government, county, and local cities fit in to help create that kind of uh, housing that we need throughout our entire state, not just Salt Lake County? How what can they do with zoning regulations with costs for developing housing that can really spur more affordable housing? And how can we help the government, uh, the federal government specifically, expand the rental assistance? We have a lot of our people that are working hard, two and three jobs, Mm -hmm. and still paying more than half of their income towards rent. And just a little bit of rental assistance to take that relief so they're not stressed about getting evicted at the end of every month trying to scrape together those dollars goes a huge way. That kind of leads into my next question, Katie. What are some of the myths around homelessness? I I think one of those myths is that these people are just sitting in the park all day and not doing anything, not trying to better their lives. Oh, yeah. I think that's definitely a huge myth. Um, I... A lot of people, they're working. They have jobs. They're working two jobs. Um, m- most people are actively trying so hard to get out of homelessness, to get out of their crisis. Um, and there are people who their mental health kind of holds them back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why we're also there for them. You know, we're also offering resources for them. But a huge majority of people, they're just kind of having a really hard time right now. And they're working really hard. Um, they're definitely not. I think that image people have in their mind of like the person who is in the park and being loud or anything like that. Like that's such a small, small minority of people who are experiencing homelessness. I think in our everyday lives, we see people that are homeless and we have no idea they're homeless. Right. Yeah. I remember being in the resource centers and seeing people who were going to work in suits and going to work all day. And like that Mm. is not someone that if you passed on the street, you would think they're experiencing homelessness, but you really just don't know what someone's going through. So we need to take that stereotype out of our heads that Mm -hmm. the homeless people are that guy that's living in the tent on the sidewalk. That's not necessarily representative of most homeless people. I have lots of guests today from The Road Home, which is very exciting. We have Michelle Flynn, who is executive director, Katie Davis, who is development coordinator, and Alicia Gleed, who is communications specialist in the website. Easy to remember, it's theroadhome.org. So, Alicia, maybe you could talk about how many people the road home serves every day. Uh, Give us some numbers, some statistics, and then hopefully we'll talk about some of the people behind those. Yeah, right now um, we are serving nightly approximately 900 people through all of our different programs. So that includes our winter overflow, um, you know, emergency shelters, as well as the resource centers um, in our immediate, like, shelter programs. The thing is, and I love that Michelle talked about this so much, is our real goal is housing. And so even though nightly we're serving that many people in shelter, we're also serving approximately 2,000 people nightly through our housing program. Hmm. So there is some positive there. There is movement there, but, you know, there's still that emergent need. And the road home has a big piece of this pie. I was reading these statistics here that 80%... Um, of the year, the community's year-round shelter beds are operated by the road home. So you're taking on the majority of this in our community. You know, we have an incredible team who are really have years of expertise and compassion and care to provide this kind of uh, work. So yes, we support families, single women, single men, couples, genders of all types um, in every program that we have. It's really important that uh, our team's knowledge and skill is out there 
And we have great partners that are doing this work as well um, who are helping uh, similar populations. We have partners that are sheltering youth, victims of domestic violence, and more. And it's really important that we all work closely together. Katie, what are some of those organizations that you partner with? I, I interview someone every week from a local nonprofit, and there's so many great ones, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of has their own little area, but there's a lot of overlap. So who are some of those organizations you overlap with? Yeah, there's so many. Um, one of them is Fourth Street Clinic. Um, they offer uh, clinics and um, vaccine opportunities for people in the resource centers, making it accessible to get medical care and things like that. Um, we work with Volunteers of America. Um, they have detox programs and other things for people who are experiencing substance abuse. Um, same with First Step House as well. They also help people who are experiencing substance abuse. Um, so, so many different community partners that we work with. Those are just a few, but yeah. there's a lot. Yeah. There was one I just discovered recently called The In Between, which mm-hmm. I'd never heard of before, and they do some such amazing work. I, and I was telling you before we went on the air, I really love these small nonprofits that have a very specific fo- focus. And that's that's exactly what they do, which is providing end of life care for, for homeless people. Yeah, it's huge. I think, again, when we think about kind of the myths of homelessness, we maybe have like a certain age bracket in mind, but homelessness really impacts such a broad spectrum. You know, our friends at Volunteers of America serve youth, you know, so kind of that teens into like early 20s Um, and as we're serving people we're really seeing that the population is getting older and so those services of needing you know like the in-between does for end-of-life care and things like that we need to make sure that we're also thinking like of those solutions to help people of all ages Mm -hmm. right it's not only a certain you know type of person or age of person but it's everyone and anyone and really so many people are so close to experiencing homelessness so it's you know, I, I'm really proud of our team like, for, <laughs> for being there to help those in, to help those individuals, whoever they are, whatever age they are, that they can come to us and we're going to try to help them move back home. So, Michelle, the road home's gone through a lot of change recently. What is coming in the next five to ten years for the road home? What does that look like? We, we, as I'm glad you brought up partnerships. We work really closely with so many different organizations, and one of them is the Salt Lake Valley Coalition to End Homelessness, where we're wor- really working on that community front to identify the gaps and needs in our community mm-hmm. and then see where the road home fits in. We do a really good job of not duplicating services among different providers in our community, and we want to make sure we're helping where it makes sense for us to do so. So one of the really, really important projects that we're working on in partnership with Fourth Street Clinic and our friends at Shelter the Homeless are is to uh, develop a new program that's targeting older adults and those who are highly medically vulnerable. Right now, as you know, our shelters are congregate shelters. So we have 200 or 300 Mm -hmm. people in one building in large dorms. And that is not conducive to the health of older adults or people with medical vulnerabilities. We had some really great experience during the pandemic with support from Salt Lake County to operate some hotels for Mm -hmm. this population to pull them out of those uh, congregate shelters where COVID-19 was a high concern into a less congregate place where there are one or two people in a hotel room. And we've uh, learned from those experiences and we've developed a new program. So we're working with those partners to get a building like a hotel or motel where we are on site operating and focusing on getting people into permanent housing. And Fourth Street Clinic has a really great presence to make sure all those medical needs are met. Kind of back to you, Katie, with yet another what I think is a myth. Mm -hmm. What do you say to people who say, well, if you provide 
amazing services to these people, these homeless people. They're just going to take advantage of that, and they'll never, they'll never be, uh, you know, permanently in their own home. I mean, this is one of my favorite myths to address because I am so housing first. Um, We're a very housing first organization. Um, You know, being able to offer housing and being able to offer shelter with that very housing sort of focus and helping people get into housing, that's where people can really address all of any other issue they're facing. Because even people who aren't experiencing homelessness, they also experience mental illness. They also experience substance abuse, um, all these different things, um, just personal problems, just so many different things that people can face. But when you're experiencing that homelessness at the same time, um, it's really difficult to just deal with one of those things, right? Um, So being able to focus on getting into a home um, and helping people get into homes where they can really focus on those issues, that's how they're really going to thrive. And that's really just kind of the core of the road home, I think. Like, it's kind of in the name. (laughs) But I think that that's really how people really succeed, um, for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, if if you think of the homeless as yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us could be homeless Pretty quickly if things went in a certain direction. Oh, yeah. So the homeless are not different from us. They're just like us. There is that small fraction, I think, of the homeless population who doesn't want to get help. And a lot of times maybe it's that tiny little percentage that we see and then project on everybody else. Is that fair? You know, I think one of the cool things has been working for the road home has been to see even those people that we kind of see as, you know, almost resistant when our case managers have worked with them built up relationships with them. People really do want to move home. They just maybe don't see the way there, mm. right? You think about all of the the crazy steps you have to take. Like I've, I've thought about this a couple of times. Like what if I became homeless tomorrow? Would I know where to get food? Would I know how to, you know, feed and clothe my kids? Would I know where to get a shower? You know, I mean, those are kind of your basic needs. But then on top of that, what do I need to do to get that assistance? What forms do I need to fill out and all of that? And even just thinking about, family members who have tried to take care of other family members and can get assistance through other agencies and, you know, will spend hours upon hours, you know, trying to get that assistance. And I think that can become really overwhelming. So, you know, it's really neat to see our team, um, you know, that is what they do day in and day out is help people to get through some of that. Like, I don't want to call it red tape, but get through some of those There's pro- certainly some of that. But red tape mm-hmm. and those processes and procedures that seem so overwhelming and even helping people get a roadmap to, OK, what are your what are the things that you're struggling with? Here's what we can do to address those issues and having someone there that can advocate for them, help them on that. People will work so hard and do whatever it takes to get out of that situation. And that's really what I've seen, again, in my personal experience with the road home. Um, and seeing the people that turn to us. And I have never seen someone that's come that hasn't been ecstatic to tell me that they have received housing, Mm -hmm. you know, or that they are approved for housing and they have a safe place to be. And so I think it's really trying to meet people where they're at and trying to figure out those needs. And for some, that can be really difficult because they may be facing some really difficult challenges, but not giving up on that person or giving up on the fact that they can overcome this this period of their lives. Um, we've also seen some incredible successes with people who experienced homelessness for years and have been able to not only move into housing, but then move out on their own with family members or into other housing and thrive. We don't see them again, which is always a success in our book, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, and so I think just remembering that yeah. is important. And Michelle, you've, you've talked about, well, you've all talked about it. 
that's maybe a misperception people have about a homeless shelter is, okay, you have a place to stay here for the night where you're dry and you're warm, and that's all we do. And in the morning, you leave. Yeah. That's that's not at all what the road home is. It's not. And we've learned and changed and grown over the years. And really, I love what you said, Alicia. We listen to the people that we're trying to help about what they're saying they need. And what they're saying they need most often is housing. And so what do we need to do to help them get connected? What kind of supports will be helpful for them to remain housed? And as Alicia said, we hope they never come back to the road home. Our goal is to help people get connected with all those other great supports mm-hmm. in the community that everyone else go- turns to when they're in need to remain stable once they're in their own home. So all of this wonderful stuff that you're doing costs money, costs a lot of money. And that's <laughs> what the uh, Holiday Mediathon is all about, Katie. Tell us again how people can help and donate over the next couple of days. Yeah, so people can uh, donate at theroadhome.org. Um, they can go online and do it pretty easy. There's a really big tab on the website. It'll say donate right there, and they can go <laughs> visit that. Um, and also there's opportunities to come in and volunteer. There's opportunities to bring in those in-kind donations that Alicia um, spoke about. Um, so really there's something for everyone. If you have a little bit of time, a little bit of money, a little bit of something you can bring from the store, um, any of that is super helpful going into uh, Mediathon. Thank you so much to Michelle Flynn, our Executive Director of The Road Home, Katie Davis, Development Coordinator, and Alicia Gleed, who is the Communications Specialist. And again, the website is theroadhome.org. Go there or today, tomorrow, and Tuesday, part of that Mediathon, and make a donation. Thank you for what you're doing in our community. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com. 